The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumter County Spotlight, heard in each and every Sunday morning right here at WHIN. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and so glad to do so. And we were trying to get some interesting guests coming in here, and I thought it would just be a, a great time of year to uh, to bring in our next guest, uh, you know, very busy guy, and we're talking about Mr. Goodroof. Now, Mr. Goodroof has uh, done some wonderful things. We're going to talk about that later, and I'm talking about Mr. Mac McRae right here in the studio. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here and uh, let you know a little bit about Mr. Goodroof, and we absolutely love Hendersonville and, uh, and Gallatin, of course, but uh, we're glad to be here. Well, Mac, man, you've been doing this for quite some time, haven't you? Quite some time. I came to Hendersonville, actually, in 1969, which is, yeah, over 50 <laughs> years. But uh, in the roofing business itself, I've just been doing that about 26 years. Uh-huh. So I'm um, honored to, to be in the roofing business. We started out as building houses, and also uh, we were remodeling houses, kind of like uh, you see on TV, the flippers. We were flipping houses. And we enjoyed doing that until the economy hit real bad in yeah. 2008, I believe it was. And uh, we had a tornado come through. And guess what? Uh, we had a lot of roofs off and everything. And we decided just to concentrate more on the roofing and the repairs instead of building houses anymore. Well, I guess, too, down in Florida, some of the ratings are a little different down there than they are here because of the different wind speeds. We have, you know, hurricanes that happen, all that. Uh, How does that uh, factor into play? They are different down there from here. However, the new roofs and the technology they have right now in the roofing business is amazing. They say their lifetime, which really in their terms means 50 years. Uh, but uh, we do guarantee them uh, for that long. Wow. The, the shingles and all. So they will last. It's a better product, and they are uh, they actually are nailed with more nails than they used to use. And mm-hmm. so, and just a lot of different things that we use that uh, in the past uh, wasn't uh, part of the, uh, the roofing system. Well, too, and I guess roofers, they use different kinds of techniques. Uh, they have their own preference and stuff. But the question I had, do, do all the, the roofers use the nails? Something that's unique to Mr. Goodroof. As far as I know, we're the only one to do it. We use a nail that's made just special for us. It's oh. ca- yeah, it's called a, a shank nail. Once it goes in, it won't come back out. I like that. Yeah, and if you noticed, a lot of the old-fashioned people used to call nail pops, mm-hmm. and the nails would pop back out, and you'd see them on there. Well, ours won't come back out, so we have a shank on them. We order them special for us. And so with every nail that goes in on your roof, you'll have it in there, and it'll stay there. Well, that's a big selling point right there. It's a big selling point, and uh, we love it. And we also have an underlayment that we use that no one else uses. And it's special for us, and it goes on first, and it has our name all over it. So if you tear your roof off 30 years from now, you'll see Mr. Goodroof written up there. But basically, uh, it's a synthetic product. Used to, they used old-fashioned 
felt paper they'd have 30 weight or 15 weight now it's a synthetic product and actually when we zip it in all over the house it really wouldn't leak with even without the shingles it pretty well uh mm-hmm. is, is self-sufficient but once the uh system is put in order then it's going to stay there so what are the shingles made out of i know there's different kinds of products well we have different products okay. metal a lot of people want metal roofs and a lot of people want uh, fiberglass and uh, different things but we are using primarily all um asphalt and it's it is an asphalt product and uh, it's a petroleum product and uh, they really are good and you can buy them in different thicknesses and you can also buy them they used to call them just plain old uh, uh, well uh, now they're all architectural which is much much prettier than they used to be plus they're layered more than the other with a lot a lot of um, I guess you call it glue, but synthetic yeah. product. So let me ask you this. If you look up on your roof and you see, like, it appears like the bubbles, there's bubbles on top of the roof. So I don't know what that means, if that uh, is something that's, you know, urgent we need to look at, or is there something else wrong? But it just uh, doesn't seem right to me. Yes, Should sir. that be fixed? It is, and that would be the, uh, actually, it's not anything to do with the roof. It's it's the decking. And the decking on the roof, a lot of people use uh, too thin of uh, a decking, which is uh, mostly plywood or we mm-hmm. call it OSB, mm-hmm. another product that is uh, made out of uh, wood. But basically, um, if the decking is, is uh, not put on correctly or uh, if you're uh, framing underneath the decking was... Uh, too spread out in other words they weren't on 16 inch or 24 or whatever then they're going to bow up and uh, that will cause that to happen you know folks that uh, listen to the show know that we just uh, built a new house kind of a new build and you know you look at these things and if you see something that just doesn't feel right or look right you should have that checked out Yes, sir, and we can check it out for you. And mm-hmm. Now, Holly was telling me about this uh, roof tune-up special, a new thing you have going on. Uh, tell us about that. Well, we mm-hmm. do have a roof tune-up, and basically, if you get that done, you don't have to do it every year, but it would be a good idea. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very inexpensive, and the guys, we, have, we call it a 40-point, but we look at 40 different areas of your roof, like the pipe boots, and all the things that would deteriorate, and we will look at them and see if they need replacing uh, and just to, just to tune the roof up so you'd be good for another year or two years, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But we learn a lot from the roof tune-ups. We can check the flashing. They check flashing. They check all kinds of things all over the roof. The guys will climb all over it for you. Boy, and how they do that, I don't know. I mean, some of these pitches, they're incredible. I don't even know how these guys can even stand up up there. you got to have special tools. We buy our guys <laughs> special shoes. they call called cougar paws, and actually it's crazy, but they will grip the roof, and you do have to be very cautious. Sure. They're up there climbing around on those roofs with cougar paws to keep them sliding off. <laughs> <laughs> So discuss with us uh, about the roof. What are the different layers? I mean, how do things line up? What, what would you do first and how you line things up? Give them a rundown of that. And, and, and if a shingle, let's just say a shingle went bad, is there a way of fixing just that one shingle? It can be. Okay. Uh, however, you, usually you can't just grab one shingle out and put it there because mm-hmm. you're going to tear up another one. So okay. you're going to have an area there that you have to replace several okay. shingles. And they come in, uh, the shingles are in about three foot wide uh, uh, groups. 
So basically, with that, they'll be replacing maybe five or six of those uh, mm-hmm. different uh, layers of shingles to put back on. So there on the front portion of the fascia, is there such a thing called a drip edge that you would use? Drip edge we put on, on our roofs. Okay. We put drip edge everywhere. Okay. Now, not all roofers do that. Uh, some areas, uh, like up north, it's required because a few years ago we had uh, what they call ice dams. And when the, it was so bad here, the ice would, would uh, dam up and it would run under the shingles and it did a lot of damage to ceilings and okay. everything. So this, this will keep that from happening. And so what we do is we put drip edge all along the edge of your roof and uh, that goes down, of course, before the shingles go on top. So if you see that drip edge and it has buckles in it, it's kind of risen up, it's not flush against that uh, fascia, uh, that's obviously something that needs to be addressed because water can get in there. It has to overlap with each other okay. and it should not be a place at all where water can get under. See, these are all great things you need to know about. Sometimes it's not glamorous to talk about things like uh-huh. the roofs and siding and uh, windows and all that, but they're necessary for our life and it well, makes yeah. a big difference in uh, in your home well especially the price of these houses lately i mean it's crazy my gosh it's a, you think you get something at half a million dollars that's going to be done right i mean you got to bring in the experts and speaking of experts do you actually work with any home inspectors yes sir because some builders won't let home inspectors up on the roof is that correct well i've heard that <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm not messing with my roof <laughs> uh, no. well we work with home inspectors uh we work with realtors. We work with anybody that uh, would be dealing with roofs that are older or new, either one. But most of us, uh, we're, we're confined to uh, replacing roofs and uh, putting on new roofs and re- uh, repairing them is what we're really into. Right. Now, I've seen a lot of uh, talk lately about the metal roofs out there, you know, with the longevity, the looks of it, and everything else like that. Uh, what would be the reason somebody would want to switch to a metal roof? A lot of people do, and particularly out in the country, they like the look of it, mm-hmm. and they are pretty. There's a couple of different kinds of metal roofs. One's called a standing seam, which is the seams lap over each other, and it's the best one, and you mm-hmm. don't see any screws when you look oh, up there. Oh, interesting, yeah. It's very pretty, and uh, it, it is a good roof. Uh, the problem with them is, I mean, they have their own set of problems. You still have where they lap over to each other or where they're cut in at the chimneys and different places water can get under them so mm-hmm. they've got to have a good underlayment under right. them to, to work good you know? okay but we do install them and uh, if you want them um, then we'll be glad to install <laughs> them for you you know a lot of uh, places won't let you install them if you have a place like a real uh, good subdivision. They don't want a metal roof to, right. to be in there. They want them, all the roofs to either match up or then some of them in the real, uh, I call them high-class area, they they tell you what color you can use and yeah. everything. In regards to metal roofs, I always thought that when you put metal up on a roof, it's just going to get blazing hot up there. Is that really the case? No, not necessarily. I wouldn't think so. But uh, it could be... Uh, I think most people want them for the looks, and they mm. think they'll never have to replace them again. Is <laughs> what they really think. Well, I'm gonna get a metal roof, and it'll be a permanent forever and ever, and I won't have to buy. However, in all honesty, the shingles we have now, 
will still last 50 years or as long as most metal roofs do too Mm -hmm. and the metal roofs some of them you get them in different um actually they come in uh uh, well uh, different thicknesses okay and of course the thicker they are the more they cost like everything they're made out of aluminum is that right they're made out of aluminum well it's a product it's aluminum and and they call it something else but Mm. it's half aluminum and half metal as well yeah yeah. okay and so when you get those up there uh they 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 do look good and we can run them off right on we have a machine that runs them off right on there as we put them up there wow that's great it's kind of exciting to put them up there but a lot of people think well i never had to buy another one but most people don't have to buy another roof the ones they have now in their lifetime anyway unless Mm -hmm. there's a storm and if there's a storm that's where you get you don't know you know you put we have put roofs on a house on new houses where they just just got a brand new house and a tornado came through or <laughs> heavy winds and straight line winds yep. and tore those uh, shingles up and we'd had to replace them so that happens and that's a, a big part of our business is uh, right. insurance claims so with the metal roofs are they nailed in or are they actually screwed in they're screwed in okay was- they have screws in the seams and then another one uh, will go on top of okay. it so you don't see that so they clip together so I'll throw a little curveball at you right now what would be the wind rating of the metal roof well, I wish I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> How much will it withstand? <laughs> it, well, 150 miles. I think they do say 150 miles uh, winds, like a hurricane gust winds. Yeah, really. If you're up there, 150 mile an hour winds, I can guarantee you're not outside looking at that roof. A lot of the roof straight line winds come through, and just just depends on how they get up under it, if they blow it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're. They really uh, are designed to withstand um, the uh, wind. Okay, well, we've been talking Mr. Goodroof. That's Mr. Mac McRae right here. And stick around for this uh, next segment. We're going to be uh, talking with Holly Guggenheim. She's going to drop in here. And then we might have a special surprise for Mac. And we're going to talk about uh, a new program that they're launching over here. It's actually not new. It's actually the sixth year they've been doing this uh, event for the community. And it's just incredible. So stick around for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Sumner County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Well, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon, here on this Sunday morning. We're going to continue our conversation with Mr. Goodroof. And, of course, we're talking about Mac McRae right here. And we're going to hear some uh, great things that he's doing and a, a great program that they're doing. And also bringing Holly Guggenheim. Now, she's one of the great marketers out here. She does some great things over at the chamber and uh, a great supporter of Mr. Goodroof for sure. So we might have Mac uh, sing a few songs uh, you never know. No, those don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might get you on the Opry. You never know. <laughs> and you know what? We might even get a, a song out of you just a little bit later. What do you think? I got to be discovered. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, you never know. Things uh, could happen. Hey, you know, I'm so impressed. You started this uh, program, I guess, about six years ago, and it's called Shingle Bells, and it's the Mr. Goodroof's annual roof giveaway. This year, we're doing it for veterans. What a great program. This will be our sixth year to give a roof away to some needy person, 
and we're just tickled to death to do it, I'll tell you that. So uh, yeah. yeah. So give us some history and how you formulated this, this program, because well, it's a great idea. Well, we started, uh, as you said, six years ago. It's a, really a brainchild, uh, I mean, my son's uh, idea, and he uh, wanted to give back to the community, and so we... Uh, of course, we do a lot of other things besides give away a roof every year. But So we decided to develop a roof giveaway and uh, to some lucky or needed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we created, the instead of Jingle Bells, we started calling it Shingle Bells. So we, uh, we give away a, a roof complete, uh, everything wow. about it. We take their old roof and tear it off. And I mean, it's not a... A cheap roof. It's our very best roof that we have in our line. You wow! Know? And uh, we we have been been honored to give it away before. Mm-hmm. This year we wanted to concentrate on the veterans. The veterans we our heart goes out to them, and and uh, we wanted to be sure that uh, some needed veteran that uh, maybe their house has been needing a roof for a while get one. And so uh, we. Uh, decided to go with veterans, and mm-hmm. uh, we uh, have a. We actually don't select the uh, recipient. Okay. Uh, what we uh, do, we let uh, some veterans come in and look over the uh, nominations, and they will select one of them, which one out of the group that have submitted to that. And Holly can tell us uh, how you uh, go online or how you can call us and get uh, selected. Yeah. Holly. So as Max said, this is our sixth year. This is our sixth year giving a free roof away to someone in our community. And um, we are focused this year on giving away to a veteran. Dave Moomy with the VFW 9851, Larry Atwell with American Legion Post 290, and Michael Blair with Vietnam Veterans of Chapter American Chapter 240. They are our committee. Okay. And so basically how to nominate someone is that you will... Um, you can email your nominations to us at shinglebells at mrgoodroof.com. You can go to our website, mrgoodroof.com, to find out all the information on what is needed to nominate someone. It's, and we just basically need a brief description on why um, the veteran you're nominating uh, needs our help. You can also nominate yourself. Oh, okay. okay. Um, if you can send pictures to our pictures to us, that will help as well. You can also just bring in your nominations to our office. We're located at 273 West Main Street in Hendersonville, two doors down from Browns Florist. Yeah, everybody knows where that Big is. Shout out to Browns yeah, Florist. Yeah. So you're still taking nominations, I think, all the way through December 15th, right? Right, till December 15th. And once nominations are in, okay. um, we will hand all the nominations off to Dave, Larry, and Michael. Okay. okay? And they yep. will sit down together as a committee and decide who will receive the new roof okay um and that the recipient will be contacted probably the 23rd of december right before we leave for christmas Mm -hmm. and via phone call and we'll let them know that they are the recipient of the new roof wow what a great christmas present that's going to be as um this you know this had to tug at your heart when you first started putting this thing together now when you first started it was for needy people and so when did it become about making it for the veterans first year we're doing the veterans and uh, we had it just open to any and everybody in the past but we've decided every year to maybe select a particular group um we will decide at first of the year who will do that, mm-hmm. but we didn't even talk about next year, maybe even being for school teachers or somebody. Wow. Uh, and, uh, different, different ones, you know, nurses or different ones uh, that are needed. It, but uh, we will get to the veterans again, or we may do it again next year. I don't know yet where we'll do. 
Well, then you got these radio announcer people. They've got to have roofs. And, of course, the radio station. And, well, you know, we have flat roofs up here. Do, do you guys do the flat roofs? We we love flat roofs, too. We do commercial okay. roofs, and we, we do, do them. We do TPO and uh, different types of uh, EPDM. That's a, a membrane that goes on top of the roofs. And coating. And uh, we do a coating also, mm-hmm. which uh, coating for the roofs saves you a lot of money. Uh, you can coat a roof that's leaking and uh, stop the leak. Yeah, Holly, and we were talking the other day about this uh, new sealant, and uh, it's kind of incredible. You just uh, shoot this stuff on there, and it seals the entire roof. It seals it again. Wow. It's really a fascinating. The secret to that is, of course, to clean it to start with and mm-hmm. to get it prepped and ready for that coat. And it's white. It only it's comes white. in white. 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 Well, is that it reflects the sun. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, that's uh, great. Yeah, it's a heavy product, kind of like rubber. And once it goes on, uh, it will, it saves you from having to, to strip your old roof down to the uh, uh, base to start all over. So this seems like a special procedure. Is this uh, something that your workers have to be certified for? They're certified for coating, too. And our guys have actually been to uh, trainings and classes to mm-hmm. get their certification for coating. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, anytime you can make things better, you get the new products and things like that, it's just going to uh, help make things a lot better. We've done Incredible. a lot of uh, commercial buildings in Hendersonville and Gallatin on the square. Some of those old buildings up there are old. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of having to tear them completely off and start all over, we coat them. So um, okay. we, we enjoy doing that. So how long would a coating last, and especially in those older buildings like that? Well... They have warranties on them, okay. and uh, I think the warranty is 20 years, if okay. I remember right on that. And they can buy an additional warranty. In other words, uh, they uh, they can go with a manufacturer to warrant them beyond that if they want to. Oh, sure. And then if they have to replace it, then uh, the, uh, it'll be covered under it. Yeah, so I don't think you get uh, calls, you know, the annoying calls about your extended warranty. You get a roof extended warranty, but probably no problem with that. But, I mean, you do residential and commercial. So I got to thinking, this is interesting. You must have to have some huge crews out there. We do have a lot of crews, and uh, we have our own crews to do okay. all of our installs for the roofs. They work exclusively for us. And uh, we've had them, like, 14 years, yes. I believe. That is right. amazing. To have a crew of that, and they're wonderful to, to be with us that long is amazing, and uh, we're real proud of our yeah. crew. We we have a total of about 30 people uh, that uh, work with Mr. Goodroof and our uh, small business that we do. So yeah. we're, And our we're window installer has been with us. And we also, Jeff, we also yeah. do windows, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we do a lot of replacement windows and gutters. Gutters are a big oh, yeah. siding, too, you know, and siding and face mm-hmm. and anything on the outside of the house. We don't, okay. we don't go inside, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have all these different materials up here. Like in Florida, we had a lot of stucco up here. You have what the hardy board. You have brick. Uh, seems to be the mainly part of that. And so, what is the difference between these materials? Well, hardy hardy board runs. Um, I won't say twice, but a good bit more than vinyl, and it's a, an alternative vinyl siding. And we do both. We do vinyl siding, and we do hardy uh, board as well. Um, sometimes it's not true hardy board, okay. and they have another product that looks just like it, and it's, it's their competitor right. product. Now, I know there's uh, certain times, especially certain cities and city planners, there are times when and when you cannot use the hardy board. Yes, sir. And so I, that's 
before you. That's all taken care of before you come in and do it. Yes, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yes. All right, so here's a question for you. What would be your preference if you were to be putting up the siding, so a, the vinyl siding or the hardy board? Well, I would go with hardy, of course. It's the best thing out there. So it doesn't have a, a concrete mixture? It's kind of heavy. It's heavy, and it looks like concrete and feels like concrete, but yeah. it's a product that... Uh, um, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I, I don't it's, manufacture it. It's, I don't buy it. <laughs> but it's going to hold up. It's going to hold up. And you can get it in colors, and you don't yeah. ever have to paint it again. But you can paint it if you... You can yeah. paint it, and most of the people get it, and then they paint it. So they, okay. you know, they want to pick their colors and mm-hmm. everything. Well, it's like this new thing out. It's like everybody wants to paint their brick white. I mean, especially uh, downtown. What's up with that? going thing is, uh, lake house. is painting. What a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. We don't paint. Uh, we uh, we could give you some referrals for painters, but uh, we don't, we're not painters, so we don't paint. Okay. We leave that to someone else. Yeah, I want to ask you about the windows. I mean, they're kind of fascinating. There's a difference uh, with the different ones, single pane, double pane, anything like that. Uh, you know, they have this little gap in between the glass and that you can't break that because I, I guess... It's a gas, and you can't break it. Is that correct? It's a uh, we call it low E, but it's an argon gas that is put in between the two panes of windows. All right, and uh, this will keep the heat out and and uh, the cool in, and vice versa. And so uh, that is right now we're offering a special. Actually, we're going to give free argon for anybody that purchases their windows through Mr. Goodroof for the rest of the year. Right. So, uh, but we manufacture every window is manufactured to your home, and uh, we come out and measure them, and then uh, we order the windows from. Uh, we have we are a distributor and uh, from a company that's called Interstate, and it's in Pennsylvania, and they do all of our windows for them custom made, and you can get them with grids in them, or you can get them with. Uh, without grids, or you can get them tinted, or you can get them in oh, colors, wow. you can get them whatever, you know. So, well, I'm glad you talked about the, the grids in the, in the panes. We have a, a front door. Of course, the door is black, but the little grids inside the glass are white. Now, there's gases in there. You can't take it and paint those because it's sealed, so you can't mess with that. But so what do we do? I mean, the door is black. The grids are white. So do we have to get a new door now? Yeah, you would have to order those in black. If you knew you was going to paint the door to start with or order your door in black to right, start with, right. and so that would be Well, I have this this idea. I think Mama's going to be wanting a new door, you know? I have a feeling Kathleen gets what she wants. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make it happen somehow. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think it's fascinating. Uh, Mr. Goodroof, you have that legendary name. It's a memorable name, and you've been here in Hendersonville. Um, and I think it's fascinating that you do roof, windows, you do gutter. It's like a one-stop thing. It is, and uh, we're we're blessed to uh, uh, be able to do more than one trade, and uh, we enjoy doing both. And we, the windows are make a big, big difference in mm-hmm. your home, and uh, they can actually they pay for their sales. But I'm not trying to do a sales bitch on you, but <laughs> <laughs> I just got windows installed. Yeah, so they're oh my goodness, they're this week New windows in Holly's house. The the big trend now is to go with the black. The black is a big thing. Okay, and pe- people are using black windows. Uh, um, the, 
Well, the frames, that is. Sure. All right. So listen, I, I can't let you go until we kind of finish up here. And since we're talking shingle bells for veterans, it's an annual roof giveaway. Uh, we have to break into a little shingle bells for us. Shingle bells, shingle bells, shingles everywhere. Oh, what fun it is to give a roof away, Mr. Good Roof. Jazz hands. All right. Right. Shingle bells right there from the famous Mac McRae. Hey, guys, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, listen, don't go away. We have a lot more coming your way right here with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. All right. Hey, we're on Sumner County Spotlight right now. I've got another guest, and she happens to be a Golden Apple Award winner. Yay! <laughs> and she is a teacher over at Hendersonville High School. Welcome. Massive applause right here for Jessica Ross. And she's here in our studio, and she's famous. I'd like to think I'm famous. Well, to the but kids you are. I appreciate the privilege to be here. <laughs> well, I think you did. You did a great thing. You you submitted a grant to the Hendersonville Chamber for your project. Mm-hmm. So let's start off. Tell a little bit about yourself. You've been teaching for a hundred years. Uh, no, not yet. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Some days it feels like it. Um, I think the saying goes, "The days are long, but the years are short," and that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah. uh, I am on year number three at Hendersonville High School. Uh, I graduated from UT and found a teaching job in the height of the pandemic and so everyone always told me that it'll calm down and it'll get crazy and I think the only thing that's happened is that it's gotten crazier and so <laughs> that's right I just decided to add something else to my plate and apply and fortunate to win and I'm super excited about it so now what do you teach at Hendersonville so I'm an agriculture teacher agricultural um, yes well, wow yes okay. I am one of four in that department in our high school I work with some of the best people ever and so uh, they were behind me 110 percent in a applying and gave me all the support that I needed to make it happen and so we're excited. So how did you find out about that hey we got this grant out there we can you know we got this project we want to do but you know the the budget doesn't allow for things like that so if you want to do it you have to pay for it Mm -hmm. or the chamber came up with the these grants. Floral design didn't exist last year uh, and the last time it existed was when I took it when I was in high school and I think that's 2013 2014 something like that and when I found out they were bringing it back I knew that I wanted to teach it. My CTE director said this is your budget and it wasn't much of one truthfully and so I knew I had this idea and I knew that it was going to be a good idea I just didn't know how I was going to fund it and so Mr. Cotter sent out this email and this was not the first time that I've applied to be a Golden Apple Grant recipient but now you're a grant writing expert yes uh, I I, I don't know about expert this is the first time that I've won and so I'm just super stoked to you know see this dream and this these ideas that I have in my head come to fruition so let's talk about what this grant entails so it's to fund what project? So this project is called the Hendersonville Floral Shop. And ultimately, I want to provide students with real life, you know, career skills and allow them to walk into the real world with knowledge and the ability to do something with their hands. I'm under the impression that not every student's going to go to college and I'm aware of that, but they can leave my classroom and they have some kind of ability. Um, And this ability is in this case to work in a florist shop. So I want to do full service florist and service events that students have or that people in the community have. And I'm looking forward to, you know, 
my first real client, I guess. Sure. Now you're teaching the business aspect of it as well as floral design, what flowers are, mm-hmm. how to cut, I mean, the whole thing. So they're actually learning a business, which I think is so incredible because they can actually take, if they really attach to this, this is something they can go on after after school and start working at a floral shop. Yeah, absolutely. And and the skills that we're gonna learn in this class is gonna be something that you know can extend outside of the floral business. I realize mm-hmm. that not everybody's gonna go be a florist. However, you know, soft skills and professional skills, you know, how to look at somebody in the eye, shake their hand, or how to write markups, or how to do pricing sheets. Like that's something that's going to extend outside of floral design. And so, you know, that's a skill that they might learn in my class, but they can take it in other industries. Too. So now where do you, are you getting all of your flowers? Right now, all of our flowers come from a wholesale florist out of okay. Nashville. Um, and they are supportive of, you know, what we've got going on. And they realize that the average age of, of a florist in in the nation is going up and that they need people to fill their shoes when <laughs> they retire. Yeah. Uh, and so they're excited about what what we're doing at Hendersonville. So let's walk through a normal day. Now, has the have you started this program yet? Um, I've started the class back, okay. and I haven't initially started the floral shop yet okay. just because up until um, about a week ago, I didn't have a class set of tools to use. <laughs> uh, and so some of the students have been with me long enough to know that when we do boutonnieres or corsages for homecoming, that they they know what to do but i've got 13 14 kids in my class that have never done it before and so we're starting from the ground up for sure well i mean that's great Mm -hmm. and they learn how to order flowers yes so if they actually rent a shop i mean they might have to do something like this but i think it's incredible that you're taking the kids at this young of age now whether they go on with it or not there's still tools they can use if they go into some other field right so I think it's it's great that in high school they were actually actually teaching them something mm-hmm. that they can do in their life, not just you know math and calculus and all of those things yeah, <laughs> that you re- need. But yeah, real life skills, applicable yeah. skills, something that makes sense to them in the future. Sure. That's now, my goal. if they decide to to take it further than that, I guess they is there. There's probably schools that they can attend in floral design and things of that nature. Yes, there is. And it doesn't have to be any kind of, you know, post-secondary formal education. You know, you could probably go to a college and get a degree in that. I I don't know about it. A lot of schools or wholesale florists will actually offer programs like that where you can, you know, pay X amount of dollars and, and get... Um, so many sessions and you have those those kinds of skills any internship possibilities with something like this uh, yes there is and so um, DWF who I get a lot of my flowers from um, will actually hire high school students to run you know orders and you know be in the in the vicinity um, during the day-to-day life uh, it just so happens that like it has to be on breaks or during yeah. um, the summer session but yeah absolutely here in Sumner County we got plenty of breaks mm-hmm. in Florida we didn't have all that yes we didn't have fall break and winter break and <laughs> spring break right, well, we had spring right. break but you know Christmas break but yeah sure. it was like what yes <laughs> yeah well, I think it's incredible that you, you do that. So what is your, your like a, a day-to-day effort look like when you come into school? The kids come in there. What are they starting to learn? So right now they are starting to learn floral ID. So some of the most common flowers um, that you'll see, you know, what are their common names? What are their scientific names? Because you might be able to go into a store and recognize that it's baby's breath but what is the scientific name of, of baby's breath? Mm-hmm. Or um, the different types of mums. So the ornamental mums that you might 
you know, plant in your yard or that you buy during the fall, there's different varieties of those. So what do those look like? We're also working on tool ID. Initially, people wanted to use shears to cut wire and shears don't cut wire. Uh, Shear, yeah. Wire cutters cut wire. <laughs> uh, and so that sounds like it's brainless stuff, uh, but obviously it's not because these are intelligent kids. They just haven't learned anything yet. And so we're, we're working on the basics. Uh, you know, what are the principles and the elements of floral design and what that looks like, how that works together in a piece. And so we're spending a lot of time looking at flowers, looking at tools, looking at arrangements, whole arrangements that are done. Um, and can we identify those principles and those elements? And that'll give them that foundational knowledge to be able to build a solid piece. Absolutely. I mean, you got to start, start at the bottom and, and learn the basics yes. before you can start jumping yes. into it. You can look at a student. You can tell some students are, she's going to be good or he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, you see magic mm-hmm. happening. So they are attaching to this and some people will, some people won't. Right. But I think it's incredible. Uh, but can you spot a superstar? Initially, I would say yes, but some of my students are proving me wrong. They <laughs> They have abilities it's not lack of ability it's just they want to get frustrated and give up pretty quickly so i like to yeah we learn how to make bows and so one of the most difficult bows oh i that, fail at that yes, <laughs> yeah our pinch bows and i start off and they start solid and once you got so much going on and your hands are starting to cramp up then you know it kind of goes sideways but eventually enough practice and, a, mm-hmm. and enough wired ribbon later they can they can get it so now, are you affiliated or associated with anything with FFA? Yes. Okay. So I am an FFA advisor on top of that. Okay. And some of the reason why, you know, we're studying plant ID and tool ID is twofold because come springtime, I'm going to need a floriculture team and I might be pulling kids from my floral design class because okay. they, they'll already have that foundational knowledge. Yeah. I think it's it's great. You can identify because there's so many different kind of varieties yes. of flowers. I mean, yes. people know roses. Mm-hmm carnations, mm-hmm. you know, but there's different varieties of those. Right. And I guess you're going to use them at different times for different things. Yes. And they're going to learn all of this. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Are they tested? Right now it's taught during our skinny block. And okay. so they are tested. I'll do a formative assessment, assessment, you know, see what, see where they're at, but I may not necessarily, you know, put a grade down in the grade book. So would this be an elective that they would take? Right now it's considered an elective. So okay. it falls under an ag class, but it's an elective ag class. Okay. Is there a certain grade that that comes in? Do they start, Are they, is, is this available for all students at all levels? They have to take it after they've had our intro 101 class, which is agri-science. Okay. And I also teach those classes too. Good. Wow. Then they just kind of follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if they decide they like me enough as a teacher, they might hang around for floral design. Yeah. If they show up <laughs> next year, you realize, uh-oh, he's back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Why does he eat flowers? I don't understand. <laughs> don't lick the paste. <laughs> But I think it's great what you're doing, I th- and it's great that you came up with this idea. But you said back uh, when you were in school, mm-hmm. they had a floral design class? Yes. Okay. So it, it did count as an agricultural credit. Okay. Um, it was under the horticulture pathway, and for whatever reason, um, the state of Tennessee decided that, hey, you know, nobody's going to be florists, or we don't need any more florists, and they cut that class. And so we were able to fight to get it back uh, after roughly 10 years. And so the cool part about what I was able to do in my Golden Apple Grant is I was able to take some of the Bureau of Statistics or Labor Bureau of Statistics and um, include that into my application and to make it make sense. And so roughly 60% of the people that come out of agriculture classes in high school that go into the agricultural field find placement in that job. And so 60%, could it be better? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's more than half. And again, part of career technical education is that 
you know, we understand that not everybody's going to go into a formal education and that we can provide opportunities for them. And floral design just happens to be one of those. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And, of course, we're talking to Jessica Ross, uh, Hendersonville High School, and she's the recent Golden Apple Award winner yes. uh, from the Hendersonville Chamber. You you must have impressed the committee because that committee, they it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I understand, all of these grants coming, there were so many great things, yes. and you want to give you know all of them. And, of course, yes. they, I think they ended up giving out over 30000 this year yeah. in Incredible. grants to all the schools. So there were some wonderful projects that were submitted, and every year – it's going to be there yes so if you got it again next year you got a different aspect of it (laughs) i was thinking about that already Uh, how can i how can i spend their money next year that i haven't even received yet uh, it's it's incredible a couple of my teacher friends actually applied and they weren't recipients and i looked at their application and i thought it was phenomenal so I, i couldn't imagine being on that committee but you got the big check, though. Yes. I bet the kids love that. Um, well, Mr. Cotter is going to put it in our foyer at school. That's and so great. I held on to it for less than uh, 12 hours, and I, I already Come gave here, it away. Come here, it's mine. Yes. But I know he's proud of it. I know he's proud of me, and I know he's proud to show that off. That's, and yes. our support of the chamber really allows him to do that. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful what you're doing over there. And, of course, Mr. Cotter is a great supporter of the yes. community. He's an incredible teacher and, and principal. And everybody just loves this guy. Yes. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just so, so much fun. Yes. You know, I mean, he's not a stuffed shirt kind of, come in here, let me paddle you kind yep. of principal, you know. But I'm sure he, you know, he has his tough moments. you got to be with yes. that job, you know. Yeah. Did you get other grants? There's other grants from Hendersonville High School, too, I think somebody got. Yes, we had one in the math department and one in criminal justice. That's right. Yeah, we did interview her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that kids are learning this. My son is taking uh, criminal justice over at Liberty. Okay. And he just loves it. Yes. But I think it's great because I'm ex-law enforcement. So it's oh, great awesome. that he's learning, you know, what a felony is, what's yes. a misdemeanor. You know, these, fac- these facts, I think, are, are incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, you know, really encourage you to keep doing it because you're inspiring these kids. You're planting a seed in there. And it's one of those things they can come back you know years from now you know maybe they're a successful florist and they're going to thank you for that so keep yeah. doing it absolutely I, I i look forward to uh you know what i do every day i don't i don't wake up and go to work i get to go to work and that's part of that is you know the people that i work with it's the you know my co-teachers and a lot of it is that kid my kids my kids are all rock stars and uh it's a privilege to be their teacher well they're great to have you yes. so you. jessica ross hendersonville high school recent golden apple award winner right here on sumner county spotlight just hey thanks so much for coming in thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely hey we'll be right back thanks for listening to sumner county spotlight be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com just go to the podcast tab and click the sumner county spotlight there you can check out this show as well as our past episodes this is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Well, hey, it's Jeff Shannon right here at Sumner County Spotlight. We have a, a guest in the studio and one of our incredible Golden Apple Award winners from the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. I want to introduce Alicia Miles. Now, she's a great teacher over at George Witten Elementary. I'm so impressed with the, the teachers this year and all the incredible things you came up with. And so it, it's a lot of work, but you know, you've been doing this and welcome to the show. Tell Thank us a little you. bit about yourself. I'm so glad to be here. Um, well, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I graduated from MTSU in 2007. So I've been doing this now for a little over 20 years. Okay. Um, Lots of changed since then. A lot has changed Mm -hmm. since then, but I just stepped back into the classroom actually last year after a 10-year stay-at-home stint. 
but I've always taught children, loved children. It's been my calling to teach forever. So even with COVID, even mm-hmm. with all the things, I couldn't wait to get back. And so for the last two years, that's where I've been. That's what I you know what? And, and the little kids are just so impressionable. They're so much fun. Yes. And with the, you know, especially kindergartners, crazy person like me, I, I just love messing with them, you know, because I, you know, <laughs> and they're going to love you right back. <laughs> I know. They, they're going to And they you. laugh at you. <laughs> yes. And with you. And they tell the funniest jokes. And that's then you're right. laughing with them. They are kindergartners, children in general. They're just the best. Yeah. Back when I was in law enforcement, uh, at one point, I used to go into the schools, and we would go in and teach them, and I had a little remote-control police car that oh, was incredible. That. The eyes blinked, and it was you know, a pretty big one, oh, and yes. you make it dance, and do it. the kids just loved it. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Anything yes. to, to entertain them, yes. and it's so easy to entertain them, yes. so that's a cool thing. Yes. You pour into them, and they'll give it right back to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And at that age, I mean, wow, they, they're just a sponge. They are. They take it all in, and I... That's truly one of the reasons that I really do love teaching, especially the grade level that I do. You see so much growth from the time they come in. They're just babies. You know, a lot of them have just been at home or Mm -hmm. they've, you know, been lightly exposed to certain academics. But by the end of the year, the growth is just immense. Yeah. Just, you know, they come in knowing nothing and then they come out and they know letters and sounds and they're reading and they're writing. And it's just like, oh, you know, we did it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Exciting. That's great. So did, did you pick kindergarten? Is that your, like your specialty? Or? It is my first choice. Okay. I always say I can teach any grade, uh, but I choose kindergarten. It's always it's my heart. It's my favorite just because you do get them at such a precious time. And they are, um, like you said, they're a sponge. And you see that growth so quickly um, in the younger grades in a way that you don't necessarily. I mean, you always see growth, but you just see it so quickly. And it's just so apparent mm-hmm. in in the younger grades in that K through two window. So, so in kindergarten, I mean, you're starting from scratch. Exactly. You're down at the bottom. Exactly. You're, this is the beginning of all of this. <laughs> exactly. So you have a great influence on these kids yes. and and how they you know learn this material. Yes, and it's a challenge, and it's what again, it's another reason that I I love to teach this grade level. Um, it's when you get to those high schoolers. That's when it gets. That's, that gets that's a little tougher, and they know a lot, and then, you know. Oh, they know everything. <laughs> they know everything. So, yes, I go to the other span where they're coming in so fresh and so, you know, I hate to say fragile because they're really tough little cookies, but mm-hmm. they do. They they just come in, and they're eager, and they're still just so excited about school and to learn, and I just get to kind of bounce all my great ideas um, off of that and mm-hmm. absorb that energy and give it right back. Well, I mean, it's it's an incredible time, and that's I, I got to think, if, if I ever went to teach, I would probably probably go to the lower grades as well because you can just have so much more fun with them you can it's a lot of fun and they're ready to learn and that's it's just the best so what's been one of the biggest challenges for you uh you know especially coming back into the system were you in sumner county before um before i was in rutherford county um because of covid and a few other things it's brought me back home i was actually born in sumner county and lived here for a very long time and Mm. then i went to school at mtsu and Mm. so i was there um and then recently i came back over the last three years and so yeah i've been teaching so what's one of the challenges you had to face coming back well just um adjusting to the to the new face of what school looks like post-covid but i knew that going in and i was ready to face it head on and i think that while that is the challenge that we have it's still just a really exciting time 
uh, to be teaching right now with this invent of what's called the science of reading. And that to me is like, oh, it's just an aha moment that we as educators have where before we have curriculum, there was a system to it, but not Mm -hmm. in the way that research is showing now Mm -hmm. that there is actually in fact a science to reading and so now that we have all this research that's coming in it's given us educators um, and students a way to say okay wait a minute we now have a, a science to this there's a formula to this we're not just guessing at words or using clues or using hints there's actually a formula to this that everybody can follow and so it's just it's a challenging time of course but the good news is now we have all this fun research and all this this new system that we can actually sink our teeth into well and then use. you almost had to go back to school to learn this stuff yes you do <laughs> yes you do you have to kind of go back and say wait a minute all right there's some training involved and that is a challenge yeah um, uh, learning that okay maybe the way that we were doing it before wasn't the best and you know you're always evolving and finding better ways and so yeah the training that that can be a challenge too but we love it it's what we do yeah and especially when you find out that it's working and yeah and it is working and so that part has been very just invigorating and so uplifting. at that age you know kindergartners and such that's age is what they come in typically they have to be five years old but they some start a little later, so mm-hmm. five to six, so when do seven you, tops. At, at that age, can you spot early on maybe an individual child that's really struggling with absorbing this stuff? Can you can you spot that that early? Actually, in, in a very kind of bizarre way, you, you might can. Um, children that don't know their rhymes yet, students that aren't able to hold a book correctly, just those fundamental mm-hmm. skills, if they're not there, you can usually see it pretty early on. Yeah. Yes. So it's a, and I'm just wondering if it gets to that point where well you need you know some more instruction maybe a, a different kind of teacher you know that maybe if they're a slow learner kind of situation yeah and Sumner County has just been so great and of course our our school as well we do have reading specialists there are okay. time frames that are built into the school I mean everything is very purposeful when it comes to that so when children are having those challenges or need the extra support it's built into our school day with our Title One teachers and our reading specialist and then we have what's called our RTI time which is a 45 minute time during the day that we respond to those students who might need that help Mm -hmm. and so it is a very precious time just to help those students Mm -hmm. get the extra support that they need yeah no absolutely early on i guess when uh, and i guess the chamber's been doing this golden apple awards for for many years now mm-hmm. and, and this this past year they did over thirty thousand that they granted to teachers this year so yes. it's pretty impressive yes we are so excited so how did you first find out about the golden apple awards if there was those were available <laughs> well first of all just through other teachers everybody kind of waits and expects for this grant it's a huge deal and it's something that um it's kind of like christmas for teachers we just kind of mm-hmm. know that it's hopefully going to be there and you just wonder okay how far is the reach going to be how how impactful can it be this year when we found out that they were awarding so much um, money and and trying really hard to reach so many teachers we were just thrilled so it was that it was also facebook word of mouth and um actually we saw it in a little magazine oh good (laughs) well well that's good and so what made you to say well you know i've got this idea and then you said i'm going to apply for this grant so what actually was your idea for this So the idea, like all great ideas, it really came out of necessity. Um, With the science of reading, the research is showing that reading is not just um, a passive event. It's something that does take a multitude of your senses. It's a multi-sensory approach. Mm -hmm. So the children need to be able to 
touch the the letters and hear it auditorily and see them and so you do need manipulatives actually for reading it's not the first thing that you think of whenever Mm -hmm. you think of reading that's usually safe for math but reading is a very um hands-on skill that you would need so you need all all the things so with that said there's a multitude of materials and manipulatives and things that you can use to bring it in for the students to learn okay so then it becomes a thing of okay well how do you store it how do you reach all these students all at once sometimes you have to accommodate students in a hallway or in the back of your room sometimes you might have to go to another classroom so you're thinking okay i need it to be mobile i need it to store you know all the things oh a cart on wheels and so um, so it's a, a cart on wheels it's a phonics cart phonics the actual cart. Okay. concept itself is it's a cart and it stores all of the multi-sensory pieces that you would use to teach during that 45-minute block or anytime you might need to teach reading. So what kind of things um, would be in that cart? Oh, there's so many different things. <laughs> but of course, you would have dry erase boards. You would have your um, magnet board tiles. You would have Play-Doh, texture tiles. Uh, what else do we have? There's The, the possibilities are, are endless, but sometimes we have salt and sand trays. That's just a tray. It's exactly mm-hmm. like it sounds. It's a tray that has sand or salt or something that the children can actually feel it helps them to actually memorize that's okay. interesting yes. yeah so yes. they learn how to like draw an s they yes, can feel an it, it yeah they yeah can yeah feel yeah. it they can we have the little poppets that are so very popular mm-hmm. um they can pop out their letter sounds and the cbc words and things like that so you name it as long as it's something that they can use and actually hold in their hands it's going in that cart and it just takes a lot of space. So <laughs> you need a cart to hold all the all the things so it doesn't take all the space in your room. So speaking of space, how big is this cart? The cart's just a three-tier cart. You've probably okay. seen it. I mean, it's, it's really a Like an a AV cart. cart. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've seen them everywhere at any craft store, Walmart, wherever. And so that's the great thing about it. Even if you don't necessarily have a grant for it, you <laughs> might have a cart just in your room. You might okay. have you know access to one through just your local stores so how much was your grant for my grant i was awarded 375 dollars. so that helps out oh big time (laughs) and that's the great thing about this cart it can be as small or as big as you want you can go forever with the manipulative really you know and as far as how many you want how many needs to be added so 375 actually supplied the whole cart the cart itself is kind of expensive for the one we need um and so it supplied the cart and all the supplies on it. So yeah. I, it's going to take care of everything. But right. if you didn't have the budget for it, you could always start small and build up. But sure. The grant took care of all, all of it. But now you can jump and right so into it. Gonna, yes, it's going to be great. So who's your principal over there? Oh, the wonderful John Mann. John <laughs> Dr. John Mann. Oh, doctor. doctor. Yes, indeed. John Mann, yes. Well, I think it's great because the principals really love these grants. Yes. You know what I mean? I think it helps their teachers. It helps the school. It Absolutely. helps the kids. I mean, all of these yes. these grants are just so phenomenal. And yes. I, I applaud the teachers for, for being so creative and coming up with these, these ideas because it's something that teaches them differently. Yes. It takes them to a new level, I believe. So yes. the fact that you're doing that, I think, is commendable. And, and we appreciate all the work that you're doing on it. We love it. It just keeps things interesting. So what's your vision for this cart for the future as it goes on? Well, it can be used all year. And the vision is to help our students become better readers, writers, and to become literate <laughs> by the <laughs> literate, end of the that, year. Yeah, a, that would be nice. That, that's so, important. And it is. We've learned that it takes phonics first to, to get us there. And mm-hmm. so this cart will have all of those pieces to make a really abstract idea a lot more hands-on and tactile. So what grade levels would be able to use this cart? K through five. 
Okay. Anyone can use it, and it just okay. depends on the student's needs. Okay. Um, but as long as the student needs phonics, they need this cart. Yeah. <laughs> and and how do you? Is it it's something you have to replace the supplies? I guess a over lot time. of the supplies are reusable. I mean, you're That's talking great. about the trays. You're talking about magnetic wands and magnetic chips for teachers. You know. Well, you know, with Play-Doh, you said Play-Doh. A lot of kids end up eating all Play-Doh, that. So you know, eat. they eat it, and you know, <laughs> you got to replace it. it. <laughs> yes, you're right. Some things, you know, are consumable, but for the most part, that cart is going to last me many, many years to come. That's incredible. So I mean, I'm a lot I'm, of the pieces are reusable. So. I'm so pleased that uh, that it's I'm it's so worked thankful. so well with you. And uh, hey, we're talking with Alicia Miles with George Whitten Elementary. We are just uh, so happy for all of our teachers here in Sumner County who were able to get the uh, the grants and doing great things with the kids. And Alicia, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And you you as well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So this is Jeff Shannon. We're wrapping up this edition of Summer County Spotlight. We will catch you next week, uh, Sundays at 10, and then on our podcast page at whinradio.com. This is Jeff Shannon saying so long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.